1: It's a fact, in these postmodern times, more and more we live indoors, and this lifestyle has isolated us from the earth. This trend, along with the current pandemic, with the advice to shelter in place, has encouraged hanging out inside our homes. We're addicted to looking at our computer screens, smartphones, and TVs. And when we do go outside, we are further shielded from direct contact with the earth by rubber sole shoes and rubber tires, to name a few of the buffers that disconnect us from the pulsing field of energy that the earth produces. Our guest today tells us that the earth is our docking station, a port we can plug into to receive support for our health and well being from head to toe, inside and out. Dr. Laura Conover suggests that standing outside on the ground is the most enjoyable healing modality she knows of she says there is no pain no struggle no costs no side effects no specialist appointment required it can be as passive or active as you would like it to be what Conover offers is a kind of formula for living that is as vital as food and water for our body and soul. She calls this new field of medicine, conductive medicine. Dr. Laura Conover is an artist, author, holistic physician, and internationally recognized grounding advocate. She's the author of the children's book, From the Ground Up, and the author of The Earth Prescription, Discover the Healing Power of Nature, with grounding practices for every season, join us for the next hour as we explore the restorative powers of connecting to the earth with our guest, Dr. Laura Conover. I'm speaking with Dr. Conover from her home by remote connection. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Dr. Conover, welcome to New Dimensions. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited yeah. to share. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, first of all, I, I, we need to talk about what is grounding? What, what are you talking about there? And, and earth's
2: vibrations or pulsations? What is all of this? To just pare it down to the most simple definition, it is a technical term for literally touching the earth. So, some part of your body some part of your skin, any part of your body, doesn't have to be your feet, literally touching the earth outside. Any part of the earth's crust doesn't have to be grass, could be dirt, could be water, could be foliage, plants, leaves. But grounding to me is docking your body directly to the earth outside. And that allows a conductive contact so you know a lot of people talk about grounding in spiritual terms going inward or you know dropping down your awareness low anchoring yourself but i when i speak of grounding i mean physically literally making contact with the earth outside so that's it's as simple as that it's also as profound as that because the earth outside pulses a heartbeat it's the schumann resonance it's a frequency an electromagnetic frequency and the second that any cell of our body touches the earth, we are instantly completely grounded from head to toe, like flipping on a light switch electrically conductively. So it's just, it's making contact. That's what grounding is. Thank
1: you. Thank you. So that, that helps us kind of visualize it and and feel it. Can, can you go back to your early days when you were a a new mother Mm -hmm. and you first discovered this uh, from this colicky baby, I believe. Yes. I oh believe my it God. was your, one of, your daughter. Huh?
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, because I didn't know anything about grounding. It's not something that I was taught in a conventional medical school or in any of my training, residency, any any medical practice at all. So, but you know, everything changes when it's your child, you know. So, all of a sudden, my baby was crying all the time. And so, being a conventionally trained MD, I just took her to the pediatrician, like, I thought, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And when I was there, they said, well, first of all, babies cry. So let her cry it out, put her on a sleep schedule. And also she has colic. So let's put her on these prescription antacids and reflux medications and all that. I was overwhelmed. I just, it didn't feel right to put literally a four day old on prescription drugs. And when, you know what I mean? I I just knew she was uncomfortable and crying to tell me something. So I literally stopped practicing medicine for a period of time to figure out how to parent this child who was in pain. And I would just around the clock, hold her. And what I noticed over time, again, not having any basis in medicine for this, I just noticed that if I was outside and I was barefoot, which I, I was cause I lived in a warm state, um, she would be comforted. And even if she was just, if she was outside, but there was no direct contact like we spoke about. So if she was in a stroller or if she was in the car with the windows down she would be in pain, crying and crying and crying. It was only if I wasn't wearing shoes and I was walking outside holding her, the only time she napped, the only time she slept. So we ate outside, everything, we moved everything outside. I would hold her for naps. I would, you know, we would be outside multiple times a day. I, you know, I'd give her a bath and we'd go right back outside. I would feed her outside, nurse outside. I'd hold her outside at night to get her to fall asleep. If we got up in the middle of the night, back outside we went. And I just noticed over time, it had to be contact with the earth. Well, I didn't know what that was called. I just knew this was like how I'm going to survive babyhood with my child because it's the only way to get her to be functional and and think past the pain. Well, years later, she outgrew colic, and and you know, um, I like I enjoy the outdoor time, but I didn't know it was therapeutic. I just thought it was survival kind of. But I was speaking on a more spiritual term with a friend about grounding, and she said, "Yeah, we've got to get grounded and drop our awareness down." you know as we were talking about a lot of people use that as a spiritual term well for some reason something clicked in me when my friend said you know look up grounding and let and and let's practice getting grounded so i went home and i thought just i wonder if there's something in the medical literature about this term grounding so i looked it up and lo and behold 20 years of pub- published medical literature on the actual medical healing modality of grounding, not the spiritual just, you know, taking deep breaths and dropping your awareness, that kind of thing, but physically, directly, conductively touching the earth uh, through a ground cord or through being outside on the ground. And then I finally realized I started reading studies that show it mitigates pain, studies that show that it helps with digestion, studies that show that it helps with, you know, calming inflammation. So all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. The bricks just started piling up and I just realized I was doing a real therapeutic healing modality on my infant child. I just didn't know what it was called.
1: Uh, some people might call it earthing. Yes. Is that right? That's sure. another mm-hmm. term that, that yes. has been used uh, yes. grounding earthing. Uh, yeah. I, I like earthing. earthing, uh, but, but let's talk about what I mentioned in the introduction, this new field of medicine called conductive medicine. What is conductive medicine? What do you mean by that?
2: isn't conductive medicine yet but i hope in my lifetime that this is a, an entire field of medicine because when i started realizing that there's something to the fact that every cell in our body is conductive our cytoplasm is like an electrically primed gel every cell can conduct uh, electrical impulses and when one cell is grounded your entire body becomes neutralized and grounded to the earth and i then i started realizing you know i've been sort of semi taught this in medical school because if you go through Every organ system in the body, we do use electrical uh, ways to monitor and assess health. So think of an EEG to look at brain waves, an EKG to look at your heart, you know, rhythm, um, an EMG to look at muscle tension and and how your muscles work. So we use uh, electrical medicine and conductive medicine diagnostically, but so far we haven't realized that there's, you know, it's not conventionally, um, accepted yet that there is, that's a treatment modality too. It's not just to use imaging studies and to see the function of our body through electrical impulses. It's actually, because our organ systems function with electrical impulses and innervation, it's actually a therapeutic way we can address the exact same issues. So I hope with expanded um, studies and published medical literature and experience, we can Stop looking at conductive medicine as just ways that we monitor the body, but also ways that we introduce healing. I am
1: reminded of uh, the uh, the way all electrical systems work to allow the flow is that they're ground grounded.
2: Yeah, it has to be. There's no there's no function that we there's no computer or um, Machine that we can make that is a closed loop that will continue to run. It has to either be recharged or it has to be, if it's going to be electrically active, we have to ground it so that it can discharge static build up. And in the human body, I translate that to discharging inflammation and discharging tension and stress. So, yeah, even if it's just an electrical, non living system, it must be grounded to be functional over time. So, why would we think, and, and the earth is evidence of itself that it's literally exists it's the only you know that we know of right now planet that supports life in every way you know we it literally is i spoke to astronauts who stood on the moon and said charlie duke and edgar mitchell said you stand on that moon and you look at that beautiful colorful ball of life and you tell me that the earth isn't its entire business is to support life it oxygen and fresh water and the food we grow and the ground we live on it's it's business is to create life and yet we'll spend our entire lifetimes not ever even touching it or connecting to it so it's it's just this incredible separation that we have artificially built through the use of plastics and you know insulatory materials so grounding is so essential that even non-living things like our computer and our hot water heater and our plumbing need it. So how could we not make the leap that living things <laughs> that literally depend on the earth for life don't also need to be grounded? I mean, it's, it's, you know, once you kind of just see it that way, like even non-living things cannot stay in a closed loop. If you have your cell phone, nobody expects to have a fully charged cell phone and use it till the battery dies and then throw it away. Right. No, or nobody expects them to turn it on the next day and it be fully charged. You just—it's—it doesn't make sense. But we use our human bodies completely day after day after day, just running it into the ground, and never expect to dock it to recharge it. And we and we get frustrated when it doesn't work well.
1: And I love that analogy, and I I mentioned it in the introduction. Uh, the Earth is a docking system, and it's actually pulsing, mm-hmm.
2: vibratory pulsing. Yeah, a heartbeat. It's got a frequency that literally pulses like a harpy. We showed in one of the the grounding documentaries um, that we made, The Grounded. Literally, you can see the electromagnetic frequency that the earth pulses with. And we know when we're disconnected from that, we don't feel good. I want to remind our listeners that I'm here with Dr.
1: Laura Conover, and she is the author of The Earth Prescription, Discover the Healing Power of Nature with Grounding Practices for every season. And if you want to know more about our work, you can go to our website, intuition-physician.com. And the dash is a symbol for the dash, intuition-physician.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine willis toms You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Dr. Laura Conover, and she's the author of The Earth Prescription, Discover the Healing Power of Nature with Grounding Practices for Every Season. And we're talking about grounding, and we're talking about healing. I know that you write about this in your book, about how the... Body actually does the healing. You give an example of if you have a cut, and even if it's bad enough that it has to be stitched together, what is actually taking place there? Help us to understand the healing process.
2: Well, what I noticed uh, with my patients is that they would come in asking for a prescription or a surgery or whatever they thought would fix them. And, and I agree that whatever we can do to help align them with healing, we should do in conventional or alternative medicine. But I was over and over trying to get them to understand that there is nothing that heals your body if your body doesn't heal itself. So if you take a a prescription antibiotic, it might hold the bacteria or the virus at bay, but your body, your immune cells are what clear it out, create new tissue to uh, create and restore health. So even in a dramatic example, you break your bone and you have to have surgery to get it set. There is no surgeon in the world that can is putting a new bone in you. They're putting a rod and holding it, waiting for your body to heal itself create new bone and make it stronger than it was before. Same with what you had said about the skin. If I need 20 stitches because I have a gash in my body, did that doctor fix my skin? No, it held stitches in place. Well, my skin put connective tissue across and reestablished blood flow and healed the surface and you know, made it anew. And, and we could go through every example. And, and I know because I, through my training worked in the ICU and you can have someone hooked up and you can be breathing for them and be putting food in their gut. And you can be putting IV fluids in their uh, circulatory system and you can do everything you can possibly do that should restore life. But if their body is not functioning, you cannot make them healthy. So the reason I say that is to empower the patients to know that, sure, we can play around with different healing modalities, but the, the flow of life comes through you, and you're the one who is fixing your body no matter what healing modality you use. So I just don't want the patients to feel like healthcare professionals are holding something back and like holding some key. You know, there's no magic key over here that a healthcare professional is like can bestow on you. They can just try and help align you with health and healing, but it's your body every single time—from a paper cut to a migraine headache to, you know, healing after surgery from a tumor removal. It's your body, your body that's repairing and restoring health every time.
1: So help us connect uh, that healing quality that our bodies have. Mm-hmm. To a greater or lesser extent, depending, I guess, on our immune system or what, whatever is firing in our body, the cells and neurons. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know all the language for it, but uh, help us connect that to grounding or earthing or being, being touching the earth. Help us connect how, how that's helpful in that whole process.
2: Well, so since I look at healing as something that is innately coursing through your body and that you don't even have to micromanage, your body does when you're alive and you're breathing life through your living tissues, and then I see the earth as the recharge. So, how can we expect that innate function of replacing cells, get, you know, monitoring and getting rid of pathogens or, you know, atypical cells that would develop cancer? We have an innate ability to do those things. But how do we expect to constantly be producing anew if we're never recharging? If we're never docking? So it's the same. You know, it's just talking about the cell phone. It's going to stop working if you don't update the operating system and then also keep it recharged. And everyone, no one would blame the cell phone if it failed. You know, you would know that oh, you didn't charge it. But we have so much blame on ourselves when we get sick, and we have so much shame, and there's so much uh, mental anguish around illness. It's not someone's fault. You just simply have to understand that life and health is the flow of whatever you want to call that soul energy coming through your physical tissues. And we need to support it by constantly just renewing and refreshing that energy. And so that's how I see grounding as connected to maintaining wellness.
1: So that just brings a question. If we do end up in the hospital Mm -hmm. and that... It seems to me that that's not a very conducive place for, for healing if there's yeah. no way to touch the earth in the right. hospital. Oh,
2: I know it's yeah um, unfortunately I would look at conventional medical um, support like going to the hospital as essential when there's something wrong right because they can put do things to kind of help set you up for success, like a surgery, if you're in a car crash, whatever you want to, you know, I'm not against conventional medicine, but conventional medicine does not restore or maintain or even promote wellness. They're there for treating illness. They're there for trauma. They're there for a short term realignment, I'd say. And then you want to get the heck out of there because it's not really about in all of my medical education. I never learned how to maintain health. All I learned was, here's how you can monitor for and hopefully try and help sickness and illness. So yeah, it's just a, you, to me, you have to have both. You can't. So it's, a, it, it's a great intervention when, yes. when we
1: need it for. It's an
2: emergency parachute. That's, that's what it is. But it's not. Do you think that that conventional model is what's making you stay healthy? No, heck No. In fact, this pandemic sort of revealing that. I'll say in the conventional medical literature, it's, you know, doctors are sort of in an uproar because we expected everyone, you know, what are they going to do if they're not coming in for their annual wellness check? What are they going to do if they're not getting their labs drawn every three months? Well, guess what? Most people are doing just fine because, they, you know, you didn't really, you were what was making them well. Now, obviously, if there's illness or trauma you know, we want to have that medical knowledge, but that is not what was keeping people well. So doing that constant health maintenance and monitoring now that that's most, you know, mostly gone away, except in emergency situations, people are now using medicine, how I kind of think medicine should be used, which is just in a pinch in an emergency. It's not creating this. It's an illusion to think that that's creating what's creating wellness. I can
1: think of um, one hospital that I know of in Monterey it's the Monterey General Hospital mm-hmm. and inside um, I, I, I've gone there for lunch because it's so beautiful oh, yeah. I mean they have this open kind of patio and in an atrium in the middle of the hospital and there's this huge koi pond
2: mm-hmm.
1: right there in the hospital Wow. And, and, and they roll uh, uh, different patients out to the koi pond uh, oh, so cool. that they're kind of around the koi pond. And I believe that they also have rooms that have patios where they can go outside. It just seems like, well, I mean, this hospital is so
2: wonderful that well people go for lunch. That should be a model and a vision for integrating the two sides of medicine. And I mean, there are already medical studies that show that simply seeing a plant through a window, seeing it, not even touching it, shortens stay and decreases pain level and gets people out of the ICU faster. So like we really need nature and we need to Think of that when we're doing architecture, fresh air in hospitals, when we need ventilation in hospitals and we need to be able to see visual reminders of nature and hopefully be able to access it. Ultimately, if conductive medicine comes around and becomes a, uh, a recognized part of conventional medicine, we can start grounding hospital beds. There's conductive materials and fibers and ground cords. And like you said, all buildings and all homes are grounded. So there's ways to connect to a ground rod outside or the ground of a building and get bedding that's grounded and get, you know, your plants eventually hopefully their pots will be grounded and our carpets will be microfibers that uh, can you know are conductive made out of conductive carbon filaments and and we can live grounded even indoors now that's like a vision for the future but I I love how you're you're saying that obviously this hospital in California has already taken into account our innate need to be immersed or at least in contact with some kind of of the natural world so a koi pond i mean it's such a beautiful place to start that's awesome
1: yeah yeah so that that just reminds me to ask you uh many of us live in a situation that we don't have where nature is not readily available right. yeah and the, you know there's cement
2: sidewalks and all of that so uh what are we to do okay so Couple answers. Uh, that's one of the reasons I wrote that book, The Earth Prescription, because I don't, I don't have even a backyard. I have a very, very small uh, little front area, and a lot, I know a lot of people live in urban settings, and and it's just not realistic to. I think it, it's actually kind of hurtful to say, "I just go barefoot," because I also work with a lot of patients who have mobility issues or they're rehabilitating from something, and it's not, it's not easy to go barefoot or to even find a safe green space. But thankfully. There are a lot of surfaces that conduct the earth's energy and that resonance we talked about. So actually sidewalks and cement are directly grounding. If you stand on a sidewalk or cement, you're as grounded as if you're laying out on the beach on the top of it. It doesn't have to just be that you have to be standing on it, anything that grows out of the ground. So I have uh, patients who are on a second story balcony who have a tree with a branch going over their balcony and they touch a leaf on a tree up on their balcony and they're still grounded and water is grounding. So if there's any natural body of water and you could just touch one fingertip into a little pond stream, lake river puddle ditch, then you're grounded as well. So, and then I also was recently testing, I'm trying to find solutions for, you know, urban uh, living. And so I went around with my little ground test meter and I found that even crosswalks, when you're hitting the crosswalk button, that metal pole, that's grounding because it's connected to the, sidewalk, which is also grounded on top of the earth, which is grounded. And so if you're just standing next to a a street sign waiting to cross the street, if you touch that with your hand or a fingertip, you're grounded the whole time. And then almost every building has some kind of basement or parking garages are made out of cement and they're all grounding too. So even if all you do is on your lunch break, go outside and you find a little curb to sit on and touch the curb with your hand while you're eating or scrolling through your phone or whatever, you're grounded that whole time too. So there is lots of ways. And then failing that If you really have mobility issues or are really, you know, housebound, you can still also ground indoors using the indoor wiring ground system of your home too.
1: Okay, we'll talk more in detail about that in a moment, um, how to do it indoors. But I I just want to emphasize when you say to touch all of these things or touch the cement or everything, it can't be with rubber sole shoes, right? Direct skin and contact, direct skin. So take off your
2: shoes. And, yes, and just now, spend a moment, just barefoot. Yes. That's why sometimes fingertips are easier, you know. And even in the cold winter, you can have your hands in your pocket and then just slip, you know, alternate your hands and touch something outside. I find grounding through my hands a little easier than through my feet, but anything is great.
1: And you can ground by touching your animals that who are yes. like, if you're, if you're walking your dog, remember, pet your yes. dog.
2: And yes, pat. yes, absolutely. And y- you know, you could actually have a daisy chain of 20 people holding hands and one person, one person, 20 people away is touching one leaf on a tree. And the other person, even if you're all bundled up wearing winter clothes and boots, the person 20 away if as long as it's skin to skin to skin everyone holding hands that every single person all the way down the line is completely grounded
1: so you've used
2: your meter and and it shows like green yeah let's go yes that's how conductive our bodies are that's why you can't say that this isn't like a some kind of divine obvious thing that we need to be doing because why is every cell in our body completely and instantaneously electrically conductive like that why would we be made to be electrically based living organisms if we weren't meant to actually dock to something? It, it, it begs the question in and of itself. Right. I want to remind
1: our listeners that I'm here with Dr. Laura Conover and she's a physician of, of nat- well, a holistic physician we'll say, and she's the author of the earth prescription Discover the healing power of nature with grounding practices for every season. I'm Justine Willis-Thomps. You're listening to New Dimensions. Here with Dr. Laura Conover, and she's the author of *The Earth Prescription*: Discover the Healing Power of Nature and Grounding Practices for Every Season. And um, I, I'd like we we mentioned briefly in the last segment um, something about grounding indoors and. Um, I actually looked on your website and I, I saw you describe it. You can make this yourself, but mm-hmm. you you have available these steaks with cords. What are, what are you calling them? Ground steaks. Ground. ground steaks. Oh, easy ground stakes. <laughs> so, what exactly is that, and how does that work?
2: So it's just anything that's conductive and in particular metal, stainless steel is what I like to work with because I'm used to that in medicine. That's what we, we make everything out of stainless steel so we can autoclave it and use it and use it and use it. Um, There's some metals that are conductive, but they deteriorate over time. So if you want something to last for a long time and you're using it daily, then I like to use stainless steel as the uh, conductive medium, but you can literally put a ground stake in the ground. It's just like it's grounding your your hot water heater at home. Your home has a ground stake. So that's what, um, you know, in the electrical outlets, there's the two electrical slits, but there's the third ground pin. So all grounding tools do not use the electrical slits, just the ground pin, that third pin, which then makes it connected to the ground in your home. So you can actually have indoor... Uh, healing tools that are conductive, using conductive uh, fabrics, and then you can plug it into that ground pin and be connected to the ground that's grounding all of the electrical equipment in your home. Or if you want to bypass wiring altogether, you can run a little conductive cord, a line out the window or out the door and put the ground stake that you just mentioned directly in the earth yourself and doesn't have to have anything to do with the home. Whatever's on the other end of that ground line is going to be grounded. And so will you the minute you touch it. So I, I provide, you know, I'm a big fan of actually touching the earth outside because there's so many other, I mean, you know, there's, you know, vitamin D from the UV, you know, exposure, there's fresh air, there's increased ventilation. Um, The UV light is germicidal and virucidal, which is really great during this social distancing pandemic time. So, and the fresh air and the increased ventilation is really crucial as well. So there's other reasons to be outside. There's microbiomes that you want to be exposed to outside. So there's a lot of reasons to go outside and live outside, but for, you know, it's not realistic for everyone. Some people really are recovering from something or they are housebound or they have mobility issues. And so more realistically, if they can put a ground stake or run a ground line from a grounded outlet, they can also be grounded indoors for longer periods of time. Because when you're outside, I mean... I love grounding and I still find it a challenge to do it for more than a few minutes at a time because of how busy we are. So I do have some grounding practices I do throughout my day where I go outside for a little touch base 5-10 minutes. But if you want to be grounded for hours because you're really trying to resolve some inflammation in the body or maybe you've gone decades without grounding so you want to go decades directly grounding instead of just a few minutes, that's why there's indoor grounding tools to help.
1: So that begs a question, um, do we get more benefit if we we're, we're actually grounded for longer periods yeah. of
2: time yes yeah. so there's no time too short because grounding is as quick as flipping a light switch on in the whole room you know being illuminated so if you i don't believe that it has to be 30 minutes or longer like some people say if you can touch one leaf while you're checking the mail do that you know in an instant medical studies show that the muscle tension in your in your muscles so that we did a study on the trapezius muscles and grounding through your foot in less than one second the muscle tension in your shoulders and in your head are decreased so like there's no time too short even if it's just a minute but yes i agree with you longer and longer medical studies we've had studies that span a couple hours studies that span a couple days studies that span a couple weeks and it does show cumulative benefit because now you're recharging basically your electrical body and your electrical uh, gel that's waiting to be recharged for longer periods of time so just like charging that cell phone you know you're going to get bet- more benefits over time and that is revealed in the medical literature at first it's just muscle tension and increased circulation and and your brain waves go into a healing pattern but over time it has an impact on your metabolism and your thyroid and your blood sugar levels and you know um, chronic inflammatory states over time it shows that your blood markers of inflammation decrease when you ground for longer so if you're just grounding for a second i wouldn't expect you know pain to go away and your blood inflammatory markers to go down and your cortisol to go down and your sleep to be better but i would say that your muscle tension will decrease immediately, your mood may lift and you might not get that headache you were going to get. So there's short-term benefits, but then there's long-term benefits in in terms of preventing chronic disease, I think when you make it cumulative over time.
1: Well, I'm thinking of one of the things that we could do, like if, see if this works, I'm going to ask you do, would this be a good one? Like if we're checking our phone instead of doing it indoors just go outside maybe maybe sit on a bench but take your shoes off and put your feet either on the cement or if it's grass then on it better even still directly on the grass while you're checking your phone and and you're not going to be bored with that
2: because and it doesn't have to add yeah The first thing you can think about is what indoor activities am I doing that I can move outside? So like you said, you can take your laptop outside. If you're working from home, you can take your cell phone outside. You can take a book outside. If you have to do physical therapy stretches or yoga, take it outside. I like to try and challenge people to take one meal a day outside, even if it's just your morning cup of coffee, or maybe it's your lunch on your lunch break. Maybe it's a picnic dinner with the kids when you get home if you can think of an indoor activity that you can move outside, I am all for that because then it doesn't become adding anything to your to-do list at all. It's just moving an indoor activity outside. That's
1: great. And another thing that you suggest um, is to get in touch with your favorite place, whatever that is. Um, you know, if it's the, if you live close to the ocean maybe it might be a beach it might be a stream or a pond it might be a, a particular tree yes. it might be a mountain or a hill so tell tell us how that is a benefit to to uh, find a kind of place yeah that we love to be and and that's encouraging to get us outside
2: yeah, I think everybody resonates with something that feels comforting to them in nature. So some people are mountain people, some people are lake people, some people are beach people, some people are, you know, like to fish, some people just love to garden. If you can take a few minutes and really go inward and say, where do I feel the most at peace? Or where do I feel the most present? Or where do I just my mind, I get in the zone? You know, it, it could even be my favorite, it doesn't even have to be a natural setting. It could be my favorite patch of sidewalk, honestly, where my kids and I always play tic-tac-toe with chalk or where I go get my favorite cup of coffee every Sunday morning. It can be on the sidewalk. It can be cement. It can be your favorite tree, but to have a touchstone that you can come back to over and over again and to build a wellness pattern and to say, once a week I'm gonna go, or every year I'm gonna vacation it because I, my heart needs the ocean. So every year I'm gonna save up and do that and make it a grounding vacation. Or if I like yoga and I'm gonna go on a yoga retreat or I like meditating, so I find my favorite meditation spot. It just, to have a place that's a touchstone is so crucial because then when something, if something ever goes wrong or you have stress or you feel overwhelmed, you, innately go back to that touchstone place. That is that tree that you have visited every day for three years straight, and it's going to still be there for you. Or that's that body of water that the minute I start floating in that, I just, I I cut everything else. That's my bills and my finances that are overwhelmed. It's gone for a minute or whatever it is. So find something that resonates with you with nature and make it your touchstone so that it's there in good times and in bad.
1: That reminds me of a body of water. What about swimming pools? Mm-hmm. Can can we ground in swimming
2: pools? Yes. So. A lot of swimming pools are naturally grounded. If they're cement and they aren't plastic, then they're grounded. And you don't even have to be in the pool. You the cement around the edge is grounded. So when you're walking up to get in or the steps, they're grounded. And usually the little metal ladder and that pole is grounded. And you don't even have to be swimming in it. You could have one fingertip or a toe over the edge in the water and then you're grounded. So most pools, especially if they're cement or concrete, are grounded. And if they're plastic, you can actually also ground those because they they have do you know that aquariums are grounded to reduce stress on fish? So it's like, why aren't human beings doing this? I don't know. But if you look on Amazon or you uh, go to your local fish uh, dealer or you go to an aquarium, they ground all these tanks of water to keep it grounded for the animals inside. And so you can actually ground your pool the same way. So even if it's plastic, you just drop a little ground probe in and, and then you use the ground stake and you're grounded. Your pool's grounded as well.
1: That's such an important point if we do that for
2: fish in our aquarium. I I, oh my goodness. I don't get it. Why aren't we doing it for yeah. us? I don't know. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly. Well, there is an interesting application where um there is some awareness that we need that resonance to bathe our bodies in because they do put that Schumann frequency on space shuttles and in uh space stations so that human beings can still have that resonance because it's disturbing to be disconnected to it actually so for mental health but it's not the same as being directly grounded it's just reproducing a vibrational frequency that you're resonating with that's comforting but um i did talk to multiple astronauts and they all said if you want to feel a craving go you know two hundred thousand plus miles away from the earth and see what your desire is to just return to, I mean, they wanted to kiss the ground when they got off their spaceship, you know, shuttle. So,
1: yeah. Really interesting. I, I Yeah. To see that jewel out into space and just the longing to be connected to yeah. it, it. That that also takes me to a, another whole subject. If we're walking on on grass, what about pesticides? yeah uh, if we i mean so many yeah uh lawns are filled with uh pesticides and yeah. things like that so t- talk
2: about that yeah i unfortunately i mean it's nice to be aware of it a lot of times you don't even know what they do if it's a public space i mean you don't even know so the best thing you can do is to wait till after a rain if you don't know and go because that will wash any residues off and then so that's the safest time to ground if it's your own yard obviously try and use organic um Pesticides and fertilizers, if you possibly can, and then the other thing is just to—if sw- it's a public green space and you don't know what, because those chemicals have been linked to many major health illnesses. Um, so I, I really do want to reduce those exposures. So that's why I tend to use my hands because um, I just don't t- trust the soil so much unless it's mine. Mm. Um, so I do tend to reach up and touch the trees and the canopies and the and metal poles and and things like that and find alternative. Sometimes it's a lot safer. Honestly, this is how horrible we've been to our planet. Sometimes it's safer to stand on the sidewalk and look at what you're touching and touch that than it is to walk off on the side and go to the grass. Well, I I know
1: where I live, a lot of people walk their dogs. They're not supposed to allow their dogs to pee and poop on the grass. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a special, where I live, a designated place but people don't follow that. And it makes me so sad because I love the feeling of, of walking barefoot in grass. I I love that feeling. It just is, uh, maybe it takes me back to my childhood. Uh, But. uh, Well, that's
2: one of the reasons I wrote this book, because I feel like if people really understood that the health of our body is dependent on the health of the planet. um, And we want, you know, the, the more we, nurture the planet, the more we're giving back to ourselves. And I really feel like hopefully over time, just like we were talking about hospital architecture, hopefully over over time we'll adapt to incorporate that more. So hopefully over time, we will stop treating yards and green spaces like something to be viewed and manicured and sprayed cosmetically, but like an actual living room, an extension of our living room. And so we keep them fresh and healthy and, and accessible and we don't put chemicals on it. And we respect if someone's going to be using the space and we don't let our dogs use it as a toilet (laughs) so yeah right i'm here with dr laura
1: conover and she is a holistic physician and the author of the earth prescription discover the healing power of nature with grounding practices for every season and if you want to know more about her you can go to her website intuition-physician or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine willis Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. here with Dr. Laura Conover, and we're talking about Earth Prescription, which is the name of her book, and it's about grounding or earthing. And I I would love to talk about a little bit about um, EMFs. A lot of people are very, very sensitive to these electromagnetic fields. What can you say about that and how they affect our health and, and what we can do to help
2: mitigate that? Mm-hmm. So I 100%, I'm glad you brought it up in this context because this confirms that conductive medicine really needs to be a field because not only can we use it to enhance our health, but it has harmful effects on our health because of how conductive we are. There's not a cell in your body that's not conductive and affected by uh, frequencies. And that's a good thing when we're touching the earth, but it's not a great thing when we're introducing all these man-made sources of electromagnetic radiation, right? So we don't really 100% know what the long-term effects are from that. So the best thing I can say is a good general game plan is to ground during the day when you can, whenever you can, and making it an intentional part of your day. And then to shield at night because there are fabrics that shield these frequencies, some better than others. So, uh, but you can. I hope over time it just becomes normal that we create homes with wallpaper and bedding, you know, sheets and stuff out of shielding materials, so that we can kind of keep things we don't want in our personal environment out. So, um, but yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because exactly because we're so conductive and we're so primed to be resonant with the earth is exactly why we're also so vulnerable to man-made frequencies. And you know, it's a lot of people are particularly sensitive. And what I think about that is that they're actually just in touch with their body because I think we all are, but I think people are out of touch. So when when someone says, "Ah, it doesn't bother me. I never get a headache from it. It doesn't make me tired. I don't get fatigued from being on Zoom all day. It's fine," but they're probably just I know that their physical tissues are, re- are receiving that radiation, but they're just not aware of it. So when someone says, oh, I'm electrohypersensitive, I get drained, I get a headache, I can't do it after a few minutes, I start seeing double, I know that they're really connected to their body and they're really physically feeling the effects that every cell is going through with these exposures. So to me, we're all electrohypersensitive. It's just, are you aware of it or not?
1: Ah. Okay so we're and we're all equally receiving this Yeah just
2: like we're all equal I mean we all have the ability to be instantly grounded and some people find an immediate relief they it's palpable when you touch the earth and they feel the stress drain out of their body other people don't feel a difference at all but I know if I hook them up to an EEG or an EKG or an EMG and I measure the electrical activity of their body I know it's improving and it and they're receiving benefits whether they feel it or not so same on the uh, the flip side I know that it's all stressful to everybody, whether we feel it or not.
1: If we're doing our grounding every day for some period of time and we're not feeling it,
2: not to worry about that. Absolutely. Yeah, cuz you're not, you know, most people can't feel when their capillary dilates or they can't feel if uh inflammation drops a little bit or they might not be able to feel if their absorption or their metabolism picks up a little bit. I mean, it's not something that you it's just a background hum of your body. It's just the vibe of your body. So some people can't feel every little nuance. Um and and we're not meant to. We don't need to micromanage those cellular processes. What we want to do is just maintain wellness. Mm-hmm. And so grounding is just a huge part of that whether you feel it or not.
1: So going into like your, your book, in your book, you go through the different seasons and what people can do. Now, some of us who live in very, um, cold climes, like, um, the, let's say the Midwest, uh, for example, um, it gets very, very, very cold. Yeah. I mean, what if we're living in South uh, Dakota or North Dakota yeah, in the yeah.
2: wintertime? Then I would say if you really, severe conditions and you can't go outside I would utilize a ground rod I mean any stick of metal I mean even just a stake from your camping tent you know anything aluminum or stainless steel or copper and then with a a conductive cord if you if you buy a ground cord that's great it should have like a little safety mechanism in place to prevent like a lightning strike from going up the cord but I just want to say this to your readers because you probably have a bunch of do-it-yourself type of you know people that you can very easily use any Put in a ground rod and put any conductive wire inside and clip it to a sheet of aluminum foil and have an entirely grounded floor if you want. I mean, you can make your own tools, but make sure you put some kind of fuse or resistor in the line that will short out just in case of a lightning strike. Because since it's so conductive, it will conduct any kind of, you know, surge. So I just wanted to mention that to your listeners.
1: Right. I I remember at my grandmother's house, they had lightning rods Mm -hmm. on the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, Because
2: it was up on a hill, and Mm -hmm. yeah, and And just like you wouldn't want to take a bath necessarily. Like if you know if there's lightning, in case of lightning strike to the house, you wouldn't want to be in a body of water. It's the same thing. I mean, you're grounding, and so either don't ground when there's lightning, or make sure your line has a safety mechanism, which they usually do. You could even
1: make your own. Like if you had a grounding rod or Mm -hmm. stake, Mm -hmm. and then you had a conductive wire, and Mm -hmm. then you attached it to something. So, you suggest like a cookie sheet. Yes, anything. Uh, You could literally. And then you could sleep on that.
2: Yes, absolutely. 100%. There's even tape, like uh, conductive aluminum tape, that you could just run across your bed sheet and just clip it to the edge of the tape. And then that whole tape is grounded and you could sleep on that. A lot of people take uh, something soft, like window screen that's um, made out of metal and window screen is much softer than like a cookie sheet. So a lot of people do that. You can even just have an alligator clip on the end of that cord and just clip it to your bra strap or your waistband. It doesn't have to be a large body surface, right? Because your whole body gets grounded if one cell is grounded. So if you are just touching the end of that wire with one fingertip or have it tucked into your waistband, you're still as grounded as if it was head to toe. So it's not the waistband. It's because
1: it's putting it against your skin. Right, yeah, holding it against so your skin. So yes. it's even the bra strap. It's yes. its because it's clipping to the bra strap, but it's right. resting on your skin. And 100%. that's an important thing, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. 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 So I like the idea of the the screen. Yeah, like you can, I guess, in a hardware store. Uh, yeah, buy just a little piece of screen. Yeah, what well, does it now? Are all
2: screens are they all metal? How how would you know? I'm no, not I, sure. I, yeah, <laughs> you'd have to look at the composition of it. But any metal is conductive, so yeah, if you just. Yeah, yeah. double check what it's made out of. I'm sure but they have But that would give you but... kind
1: of grounding while you're sleeping. That could be hours. Yes. That... Or
2: you could, you could even use that as a liner for like an indoor garden bed if you were growing or house plants. And you can ground uh, pots or the soil of the plants you're growing. And then when you touch the plant that's growing out of that grounded soil, you're grounded from a plant that's inside your house. So there's so, so many ways. Like
1: you'd set the pot on top of this screen. I would put a screen rounded. inside the pot. Oh, inside the pot. And then the put pot. soil
2: on it. And, and then, then clip so a cord to the edge. To the edge of the, the pot. Of the, no, uh, the screen. If it's a, well, you, you know, you might be right with the pot because if it's out of like terracotta or something natural, it would be still groundable. But if you want to put a grounding screen or if you just even have another little stake, like say you're, you have a little metal stakes from your tent and you put one outside and you put one in your plant. It could just be two stakes and then a cord clipping to both. That's it. And then you touch the leaf of that. Yes, I have a video showing me touching a leaf. I have a grounded plant and it has a really long tendril. And I touch the tippiest leaf as far away from the pot as possible. And I'm still grounded.
1: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. These are all such great ideas. One of the um, things that popped for me, you talked about eating. And you talked about how some of us have substituted Mm
2: -hmm. eating for grounding. Can Mm. you speak about that? I just really believe that after, you know, practicing medicine for more than 20 years, there's just this innate craving. We all have it. And it's the strongest sometimes in the people who are the quote unquote healthiest, the ones that you know, but, but they're disconnected. They're not grounded. And that's the missing piece. So you can have a raw vegan or, you know, diet of fresh pressed juices, and you can meditate and you can sleep really well and take supplements. But if you're not grounding, there's no substitute. So you can still have this craving. And so it's insatiable. We need to have our bodies physically connected to something bigger than us. It's super comforting. Your sleep gets deeper, your stress levels go down, your muscle tension goes down, your cortisol goes down. In, In other words, when you are touching and connected to the earth, you feel safer. And so we are just living in this kind of defensive stress mode. And we, we know that we need the earth, but we don't cognitively know it. So we take deeper breaths, which is great, but the air is made from the earth. Or we try and optimize our eating or food, which is great because food, it's a way of getting the earth into us, but we're not actually grounding still. And so I've noticed that even trying to work with people on their diet or to take deep breaths or to have filtered water, it's indirect ways to get the earth inside of us. There's no substitute. So when I tell them, go outside and touch the earth, Often that was the missing piece. And I did a weight loss and grounding study and participants were only instructed to touch the earth outside 15 minutes a day and don't change their diet, don't exercise more, nothing. And the majority of them, over 60% of them started losing about a pound a week just because that was resetting their metabolism and fulfilling this craving that doesn't otherwise go away. That's amazing. That's amazing. So what are the things that we can do to enhance
1: um, grounding? Like, I think he's just staying hydrated, mm-hmm. or
2: different things. Yeah. So the only thing that conductivity in the human body really need is uh, fluid hydration and minerals and then it needs a fresh surface. So you need like if you have a thick dead callus it's kind of like uh, a little bit insulatory barrier like thick hair would be. You know, it's insulatory. So you want to make sure you're exfoliated if possible. Um I think I always joke about that that's a I can give you a prescription to get a pedicure. It's justified medically justified. You know, get the get your feet fresh or your hands or whatever surface of skin or a dry brush your skin and drink really good water and stay hydrated because if you have a piece of lumber that's dried out even though it's natural, it will not conduct grounding, you know, grounding conductivity energy. It won't, it has to be living with fluid and same with our body. So if we're dehydrated, that is a barrier to conductivity. And then lastly, we're, a lot of us are mineral deficient. So, um, putting mineral drops in your water or making sure you eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables or taking a mineral supplement because conductivity does depend on electrolytes, which is why when you sweat a lot, you know, you drink the Gatorade or whatever, kind of that idea of staying hydrated, mineral rich, and um, having fresh surfaces of skin.
1: Oh, uh, Laura, you've been a wealth of information and inspiration uh, for us to get outside and ground ourselves. Uh, This has been a most enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so
2: much. I appreciate it.
1: I've been speaking with Dr. Laura Conover. She's a holistic physician and the author of The Earth Prescription. Discover the healing power of nature with grounding practices for every season. And if you want to know more about our work, you can go to our website. Many, many, many things are on the website. It's intuition-physician.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3706.
0: New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a 1,000 hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive.